officially a month of Joy Has Questions. Like, it's my anniversary. I'm so excited right now. Like, I started this and everyone likes to listen to it. So we're going to keep this going. Um, Thank you for all the support, um, all the love, all the feedback. And I have the amazing, amazing, creative, um, fine artist. Let me not put you in a box, <laughs> Metcalf. So you tell everybody who you are. Yes, yes. Uh, man, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. This is uh, this is definitely an honor. First Aww. podcast interview I've ever done. So, uh, oh, we so. don't really have to crack open the cavassier. <laughs> like, hey man, let it flow. Let okay. It flow. Um, but I I, I, um, I go by Jay Metcalf, uh, the artist, um, entrepreneur is is what I've I've coined myself, and um, you know I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan, but uh, you know Chicago's adopted son. Um, I've been here about about six and a half, seven years. So man, time goes by. You better be on your native <laughs> son. Be like you know, I got a little Richard right going on, a little swag. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but uh, but you know, uh, Chicago, Chicago has been it's been a good place, and um, I am a, a visual artist. Uh, I do uh, quite a bit of painting, uh, specialized specifically in the oils, acrylics, um, aerosol, which is going to be like spray paint. And um, I do a lot of mixed media on, on uh, Canvas, so uh, it keeps me busy. Um, people seem to like it, and, you know, it's definitely been my creative outlet. Okay, well, you know what? Um, as someone who finally has a job that can actually make me care to, like, look into the art world, because before I was just like, let me just go ahead and, you know, print this out on Google and then, like, put it <laughs> right. in a picture frame. Right. No, but I now know. I'm like, you know what? Words like commission are starting yeah. to come into my vocabulary. Yeah. So I'm like, I can actually do this now. Yeah. So I am honored to have you on the show. I definitely admire your work. Um, I met you originally through Colossal Creators uh, when I got to speak to Thanks. your collective. So I just thought, like, everyone there was so fucking dope, so talented. So thank you for being on the show let's get this right on a roll you better know so when I was thinking about you better know I basically really wanted to find someone with my birthday which isn't hard to do but it kind of is but I found like the baddest of the baddest so a woman by the name of Harriet E. Wilson was born March 15th 1825 as um, basically she was born a free woman Clearly, slavery was alive and well because Southerners couldn't figure out how the economy worked and thought that, you know what? I think people would be a great resource for us to drink this Magnolia tea outside. So let's just do that. Um, But she was born on the East Coast, was born as a free woman. Why she has this claim to fame is because in 1859, anonymously, she's like, I'm tired of your shit. I know how to read and write. I'm going to fuck up some binded pages, and I'm going to make a book. And that's exactly what she did. She made a book called Our Nig. I cannot make this up. I'm like, she would have fit so well in Southside Chicago. But she made a book called Our Nig, or Sketches from the Life of a Free Black, which was published in Boston, Massachusetts in 1859. The novel was discovered in 1982 by Henry Louis Gates Jr., a.k.a everybody's nerdy uncle that don't nobody listen to at Thanksgiving, but actually has all the facts. Like he's that type of historian. And he basically was able to prove that it is documented that it is the first African-American novel published in the United States. And see this full circle moment with the arts. We have our ancestor out here that was just like, you know what, girl, I'm tired of your shit. Just cause I'm free does not mean that indentured servants don't get it too. And that was the whole basis for her book, Arnig. So mm-hmm. 
shout out to Harriet E. Wilson, um, basically the original Omar Tyree flag girl. So I'm here for it. (sighs) Now we're just going to move on. You know what? According to IG, according to Facebook, according to the news, um, black people just, we have not been having a good week amongst our community. Um, I don't, I'll say the worst one in my mind, but how have you, or have you heard about rather what happened with the whole Nas Khalees, the interview that she did with Hollywood Unlocked, um, where she basically dropped all type of bombs uh, on Nas's image and revealed that um, basically, A, stop asking me to get back with this Negro. I'm not. It's done. Mm. I'm married. I'm happy. And B, it wasn't that great when I was with him. So are you familiar with that story? Did you get a chance uh, to hear it? Briefly, like I, I saw like the, the headlines of it. Okay. I didn't really get into the, the details specifics, but I know that it was some pretty serious um, accusations um, or allegations. Uh, true, false, I, I'm not really sure, not really here to pass judgment, but uh but yeah, man, it definitely sounds like a messed up situation. So here's my question to you, because like I consider both of us like in a sense like public figures, you know, yeah. obviously. So if we were in, you know, our own separate relationships, it's the image outside versus like what was going on in our own household. Um, I saw her catching a lot of flack for even saying like, well, why would you even say something? Um you always say how you're so private. Why didn't you stay? Like, basically, it kind of was shocking to me about how everyone was attacking her, mm-hmm. um, especially when, from what I have always got, uh, gathered, she has the type of personality that's just like, she puts out an album, she screams into a microphone once every seven years, and then she minds her black-ass business. Like, if she's not touring or performing, she out here stirring ragu. So I'm just like, where was this this I guess this doorway opening to just say, you know, you're doing it for attention when they're even in her public persona, she's never seemed attention seeking. So yeah. um do you find it like kinda like still women, even if you try and like pipe up or just speak your truth, it's still a thing of like, well this man's image, you're just trying to tear down the black man. Like how does that come off to you? I mean, you know, I, I think man, it, it's so it's so tough to like really really judge from an outside perspective because like so much of it is very personal you know amongst them and you know none of us were really there you know when when any of that any of those things kind of happened so um from an outside perspective to kind of feel that you got to like take a side um it's it can be tough and so you know when I when I see things when I see see things like that you know I'm just like okay you know I'm gonna just apply that to my personal life and be like okay that is one pitfall I need to avoid you know as I, I continue uh, to put in my own personal work, but um, but yeah, man. So like, I you know, I I love Nas. I love you know his music. I mean, I think from an outside perspective, even they were like a, a really cool, dope couple that everybody kind of looked up they to were. Um, in in a certain respect. And uh, and even from the from the uh, the heartbreak, I mean, Nas put out a, a good a good album. Life you know? is good. Yeah, yeah. He still wasn't over it though, because yeah. he definitely had that green wedding dress dressed right. over him. Right. Like, right. she did me wrong. Right. But. Every I, I promise you, every now and again, I actually still have to throw on a. Uh, the cherry wine, the cherry wine track mm-hmm. uh, that he had. I think he did. He have Amy Winehouse on the. I on think the hook? Yeah, yeah, he did, or yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah, really, really dope song. So. Uh, that didn't necessarily mean to divert from the original question, but no, it's fine. Um, you know, I I really didn't have too many opinions uh, because I didn't really know all the all the facts, all the details. But 
Um, at the same time, it's, like I said, it definitely seems like some serious, some serious accusations uh, from, from what I was, could tell. So two things that you said that I definitely found was interesting. Number one, like, you know, um, I looked at it as a fact of like, your heroes don't need to be public figures to a certain extent. Like, I understand that when you do step into a public space, you open yourself up to either accolades or critiques, right? But I think also it's a matter of Nas is an amazing, talented artist. He now most recently is an amazing, talented businessman with Kareem's Bridge right. Ventures. Like, let's keep it real here. His If his business, once it goes public, like, he's going to be a major player within, you know, Silicon Valley in the tech world. He, he makes very sound investments. Um, but that still doesn't mean that he doesn't necessarily have like demons or obstacles or issues that he may not have necessarily had figured out. And if right. anything, if you get to a certain point, and that's the one thing I appreciated about Khalees when she was talking about both of them. She's like, I dropped my first album at 18. He found fame at a really early age. I think like he got signed around like 17, 18 as yeah, well. Yeah, he was young. So if you're in a formative space, literally still forming and now you get thrown into a public you know arena wherever those issues are that you haven't necessarily dealt with they still are gonna manifest themselves you know which is why i think it's just so important to be authentic um because put it this way i say somebody coming to me and like a couple years later and be like well, Joy, we heard that you was hacked in a hot-ass mess in Grits and Biscuits. And I'd be like, and I was. <laughs> Lost five pounds twerking, right. had a great time with my friends, pay my taxes, and mind my business. Get the fuck on. Like, that's the thing. When you're living in your truth, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, if someone's like, well, you act this way. I know I act that way. My yeah. public knows I act that way. My friends know I act that way. So I just looked at it like, damn it, Nasir. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know... um, like the thing with with a lot of uh, entertainers or or um, just you know public figures, I mean they're regular people, you know, and mm-hmm. just like regular people, like we all like make mistakes. We all you know have those moments where it's not it's probably not our best moment. But when you're you know in a public eye like that, you know everything is like multiplied. Like oh my god, as, as far as like whatever those mistakes is and. And, you know, it's so easy for us on the outside to just, like, pass judgment and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did that. He let me down or, you know, he's, you know, he's this, he's that or whatever, you know. But at the at the end of the day, we all have done things that we're not so proud of. And, you know, it just so happened that ours may not necessarily get put on blast. It may not hit shade room. It may not hit the baller alerts or whatever else, you know what I'm saying, is out there of how we consume this information. So, right. I think the biggest thing is when I looked at it, I still keep seeing this thread. And, you know, like you said, there's we are looking from the outside looking in. And it's also her side of the story, not necessarily. Yeah. Like you, I haven't heard him acknowledge it at all. But one thing that I did think about is like it's still that same unifying thread of like just a lack of communication within Afri- our community in terms of relationships. And even right. Khalees was saying that just like. That, that type of pathology that is so hard to break and sometimes we don't even realize that it's there you know fame doesn't take away the pathology of a community it doesn't take away our lack of communication or understanding our roles as like being a man being a protector as a woman being a nurturer you know like first off on a macro level that was always taken away from us through slavery through um you know segregation through the dehumanization of black people and then it's like even on a personal level like 
how many times do we hear stories of like, oh, I came from like uh, not necessarily a two parent household, even if you're in a two parent household, that does not mean it's healthy, you know? So I think it's just still interesting to see, like, that's not something that is, um, you know, once you get to a certain socioeconomic level, it's like, oh, I can just buy some communication. Come on, man. Nah, nah. It's like, you still got to deal with the same, those same issues, fame or not. It's just, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest misconception is that fame's going to make everybody's problems go away. And if yeah. nothing else, it exacerbates it. Yeah. But I will say it was very interesting to see niggas outside tearing their shirts open like Michael Jackson <laughs> from the Jam video, finding out that, like, nah, it's just might possibly right. not be as woke and as, you know, compassionate oh, as we all once thought. Man, I listen to one mic like this nigga need one lawyer, let alone right. a mic. Like, do you hear these bombs she dropping? Like, man, man you you actually going to have me go back and look at this because uh, it's yeah. it's a really good interview just yeah. to to see it. And she doesn't come. I mean, still, mm-hmm. you don't, I don't know the woman, but I would just say from a male perspective, I would love for you to watch it just to see yeah. like how she's talking, even in like the role of, of her husband or her ex or not as being a parent. The fact of like you dropped out his her their son Knight's life and mm-hmm. how like at times like he does he allegedly would do very vindictive things because he didn't like like the way she was moving or the fact that she mm-hmm. moved away from him. Yeah, man. I'm like, <laughs> where's Ayala? Come right. here with this little dark Caesar, <laughs> this little you know this this taper with right. these little right. 1982 Harlem lines. Like, can we have a session with them? Like, right. goddamn. Um. But the next, okay, so I promise you I love black men. I really do, right? Mm -hmm. I really do. But when I tell you, if I saw one more t-shirt, one more meme, one more anything that was basically saying, well, Bill Cosby tried to buy NBC, so that's why they got him. Or I saw moments of... um, this is a setup. He didn't do it. All these white women are lying. Mind you, there were also women of color and black women that right. were a part of this whole situation. But I guess it's okay to get raped if you're white. Whatever. Um, then I also saw people comparing, well, you know, so he gets to go to jail. But Caroline Bryant, the woman who accused Emmett Till, she over here walking free. Right. It's crazy. At the end of the day. And you like truly be honest. How do you feel about Bill Cosby going to jail or being convicted um, and now facing jail? I mean, you know, you you do the crime, you got to do the time. And so, you know, he went through our judicial system of, you know, a a charge was was warranted. You know, they went you went to trial. They found him guilty for, you know, one reason or another. I wasn't necessarily in a courtroom, so. You will <laughs> say it. I can only speak yeah, for me. Right. I wasn't right. there. We know, Joe. You, I, you I ain't think, fly to Philly. You'd be like, yo. you know, let me get a pudding pop and just sit in the back right. real quick, see right. what's going on. You know, I thought about it. I thought about <laughs> making that making that trip, you know. Uh but uh, but but no, like um, you know, if if he did the if he did the crime, got to do time. I mean, and, and you know, that was a lot of people. That was a lot of people that came out and was like, yo, he did some funny business back in you know eighty three, or he did some funny business back in ninety eight, or you know whatever. And so, um, it, you know, it's it's tough to be able to see like a a prominent figure like that Religion. that was that was so much a part of like our childhood that affected generations you know generations of uh black families and so but once again you know i mean just like 
you know, just like, you know, the famous line of, you know, you still you still a nigga in a coop, you know, it's it's still the same it's still the same thing. Like no matter what height of fame that you, you, you come to or, you know, whatever, you're not exempt from, you know, the, the laws. Like and at the end of the day, being a black man in America, like, that's definitely not something that they gon they gonna let ride. So um so yeah, it, it was just like another it was another example of, of how you always just gotta you gotta be you gotta be sharp. You gotta be on your toes and you, you can't you can't be out here thinking that you're above the law by any means. Right. Um so, you know, I, I wish I wish his family well in this situation. Um, but at the same time though, that's it's unfortunate he gotta go down, but you know, he did he did the crime. I looked at this situation from multiple cause yeah. because the thing is Number one, I wasn't, I I was disgusted with yeah. the situation, but also I took a second to like really see how the story developed. Let's also keep in mind that this new, this story of Bill Cosby allegedly like being a serial rapist started in like 2015. Yeah. It so it's been yeah. two years yeah. of this. Not only then, but when I also started to compile my own research and look. Mm-hmm. There's one, just random, there's one of my favorite movies by Bill Cosby and Sid Portier called A Piece of the Action. Okay. And it basically is about them being two, you know, car scamming ass Negroes who get caught by James Earl Jones and he blackmails them to help a community center, right? Right. So Bill goes out to like the movie version of Persona. So he dancing, he on his chick. And I remember this line. I never thought about it before, but I remember this line. And he goes, or she was like, you ain't dance with me all night. And he was like, what, you going to holler rape or something? She was like, about the dance or about the rape? He was like, I don't know. Don't make no never mind of me. This, I cannot make this up. I remember, and I remember watching a piece because I don't know why. One day I was in a mood. I was like, I want to watch, you know, a nice little black exploitation film. Right. So I put it on. And when I said that line, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Wow. Like, and this movie came out in the mid-70s. Wow. Then there are also moments where Bill Cosby was doing live stand-up. To, to everyone who just wants to say he was framed. Mm-hmm. He been framing his fucking self for years. Like, he even did stand-ups talking about how, like, oh, the guys in his old neighborhood would talk about Spanish fly, which is an aphrodisiac, but it can also knock a woman out. Yeah. Was he not accused of roofing women? I mean, Left, yep. right, and, 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 like, oops, upside your head? Like, there's that. And there also was the fact that the reason why this case took so long is because then you started to find out about all the civil settlements. Mm. Oh, also oh, he was just like dusting Paying it. bitches. Yeah. So I'm just like, on top of it, that's also what came out in the right. courtroom. So you can't tell me that he was set up when Gloria Allred and the other prosecutors on the team were using his own. They basically right. were like, okay, so y'all need to crack this third seal. Yeah. We about to blow a horn like Gabriel in this bitch, and you about to basically tell on yourself. Yeah. So miss me with this ideology of he got set up. He fucking did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on top of it, I don't care that much about nobody that I'm going to excuse the victimization of another person or the exploitation of another person because of what you represent to the community. You didn't give a fuck about what you represented to the community. And if we really want to keep it real, rape, 
it is a psychological, it's more so about power than it is about actually raping someone, right? Like, mm-hmm. those are just the fundamentals that we yeah. know about it. I don't know what broke him. Mm-hmm. I don't know at what point it happened. Clearly, it happened very early on. But I'm just like, does he need maybe, maybe, does he need mental health? Yeah, man. Definitely does. Can a rapist be rehabilitated? That is up for debate. There are some psychologists that say yes. There's some that say no. Bill Cosby's 84. I don't see him changing his mindset of what that means or what a woman, you know, means in comparison to his power as a man. Like, right. not even trying to be funny. Even without the case, he's on his way out. This is an old man. Yeah. So I could think I was just more so disgusted to hear everybody, like, going hard. And it was crazy. I saw people that I know. I'm like, you got daughters. Right, right, right. You know, I guess when I, when I think about it, though, like, you know, I, I mean, we, we've definitely talked a lot, you know, about um, about Bill Cosby and, and the things that, you know, maybe he's had to deal with um, in the last, you know, two, three years, however, however long it's been since this, these, these allegations that came up. But, you know, I, I do think about the victims, you know, that, that was affected, you know, by this, you know, that may have had to live with this for decades. And, you know, that's just that's just as bad, you know, that's if not worse. Um, so, you know, I, I guess um, no matter if you did have a couple people in there that, you know, may have, you know, stretched their truth or maybe they told the 100 percent truth. I mean, they they got some form of justice in that in that and case. Closure. Yeah. And closure and closure in that, in, in that case. So, um, you know, but it, it, it when you when you do think about when you do think about Bill Cosby and you can see that it may very well be a possibility that he may pass in jail. That, you know, is is not the best thought when you think about the whole body of like his legacy and, and some of the things that he's done with the entertainment. Uh, but you know, at the same time, like you, you gotta be responsible for, for your actions that you out here making in these streets. Like you that's crazy. Definitely do. And then even like case in point, I was even, rem- no one's even commented on Felicia Rashad's comment. Remember when, Oh, what she, what she said again? It was like the height and she was like, forget these women. This is a conspiracy basically to destroy the legacy of Bill Cosby. Oh, like wow. she, she stood firm in yeah. that. I'm like, I ain't heard a retraction. Yeah. I don't know if she out here making, you know, cornbread muffins for Kanye. I don't know what the fuck's going <laughs> on, but she has been quite as grave. I'm like, right. okay, so y'all at the same little crusty ass cookout right now. Like someone's mm-hmm. on timeout, but I will say this. Well, no, because I'm not in this. I'm not. That's not a part of my story that I'm ready to, to fully say. But what I will say is when you tell or when you condemn a victim in the sense of, well, why did it take you so long to say something? You should have said uh, yeah. something when it first happened. You have no. First off, when something happens of that nature, you don't even want to talk about it nah, because yeah. it's just like. You want to get as far removed from it as you possibly can. And then it also could be a situation. Everybody's situation is different. But it could just be something of, I don't want to make this worse on my family. It's almost like you go into a protection mode of how everyone else around you is going to react if they know about the situation. So to tell a victim, like, oh, well, you should have said something. You should mind your fucking business. You have no idea what that person is going through internally. Right. And just to see, I love the fuck out of Heathcliff Huxtable. Love the show. I'm still going to get the box set. Like, mm-hmm. I love the Cosbys. Yeah. I can love the Cosbys and still say fuck Bill Cosby. Or rather, I can love yeah. the Huxtables. I'm sorry. The Cosbys is his real family. My bad. I can love the Huxtables. <laughs> <laughs> see, yeah. like, just 
just got my ears burning. Right. I can love the Huxtables <laughs> and still say fuck Bill Cosby. Because right. at the end of the day, I can respect what it is that he created. Mm-hmm. As well as the fact that it's not even just him, that entire family unit, what it means right. for the African-American community. But I will say this. I think he is our generation's version of how people responded to the OJ case. Follow oh, along. Oh, that is, that's good. Because let's keep okay. it real. We been known OJ did it. Right. OJ did it. When he did it, like, we was like, oh, he driving in this Bronco for the hills. This nigga right. is trying to go. The thing was, though, when you live in an unjust society, it then takes the victimized. They will grasp at anything that mm-hmm. looks like justice. And if you threaten something that is one of the few shining lights of positivity in the way that they're reflected, they'll grasp onto it either even harder. We've been now, you can say what you want about O.J., he still killed two people. Man. He truly yeah. got away with murder. But you know what? So much was happening in L.A. We had just seen the riots and Rodney King get bust upside his head for being drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, that we was like, fuck everything. Yes, he got away. We know he did it. We don't care. <laughs> small win, right? Right, small <laughs> win. We'll take it. Fine, give it here. You still shooting Alton Sterling. Right. You still ain't even acknowledging James Martin. The fact that he just saved everybody in the Waffle House. You still, you know, like all these yeah. situations. We'll grasp at anything. It's the same thing with Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. because it's the attack of oh, you know, everything that looks positive to the black for the black community. We rarely get these opportunities anyway, yeah. and look what they did to him. He is a serial rapist. He needs to be tried, and, and he was. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, he's our OJ to a certain extent. Man, I had ne- I had never thought about it like that, but I, I think there are parallels. There's definitely parallels between both those cases. It's and sure. that, I, that it's not like true blue. You get it? Yeah, but yeah. I'm like I'm like oh, okay. So this looking a little a little shaky. <laughs> um. So does that mean that we get, like, there's, like, a whole documentary? Like, you have the whole OJ story, the people versus OJ. You think that's going to happen, too, with, with, with this Cosby situation? There is someone now drinking a Mai Tai yeah. in someone's Soho house. Right. Sit with the group text going now. We're, like, we're calling it. We're calling right, it right now. Right. Right. There is someone doing it. Like, yeah. I know it's happening. Yeah. And even when I think about... I even got into like art, not arguments, because the thing is, if people trigger me, I will just block you. I ain't dealing with that type of stupidity on my page. But people that I was like, we're going so hard for Bill. I'm like, Bill Cosby literally looked at lower class black people and was talking about pound cake and people, black people cry about men getting shot with pound cake. Well, why did he have the pound cake? Like these are true blue Bill Cosby quotes or him saying like, oh, these boys walk around with their pants sagging. And so he looked at a certain level of African-American culture as being beneath him. Yeah. But I see everybody going so hard to save Bill. When was Bill ever going this hard to collect like all, not just the, the Jack and Jill, you know, my daddy is, he put the cornerstone in the gym at Temple. Yeah. So we all are cool enough to hang out with each other. But for the niggas, like Project Blacks. Yeah. Where yeah. was he for that? Yeah. yeah. Did they did they take away his degree, his honorary degree or something? Temple said, run me my money. <laughs> run me that piece of paper. Temple, he got all his degrees Damn. snatched. Um, 
I mean, let's keep it real though. He's still wealthy. Like this yeah. isn't going to take a. It's humiliating. It kills his career. It's probably going to kill him. But it doesn't take away the fact like he's still gonna die rich. Yeah. They yeah. can't say like, oh, the investments of a rapist are now null and void. That ain't how that works. Yeah. No. Nah, the state. The state is still popping. Like, yeah. Um. Last but not least. So I think because I do this show on a Sunday, even though it's kind of you know. I'm trash and I curse a lot, whatever. I still love Christ. I think he, you know, he keeps me yeah. ahead of the curve Absolutely. when it comes to the fuckery. So last week, my episode was actually entitled, Oh, Kanye is Dead. Kanye is still dead. Kanye ain't coming back. I'm not going to cover that too much. But what I will say, did you see what um, his robotic wife had to say? In regards to everyone instantly asking, not even like stereotypically trying to go in, but being like, no, for real, does Kanye need medical attention? Is he okay? Did you see that? I did not. I did not see it. There's like, it's that whole, man, it's it's really, it's been tough to keep up with. Like, it's really been on an <laughs> hour by hour basis. Like a new tweet like drops, like that's like ground shaking. But now nah, what did, uh, what did, what did Kim have to say about this? So... Malibu Barbie stepped into the DMs and, you know, through her plumped up pursed lips went, I just think that everyone needs to stop making these accusations that Kanye has mental health issues. He's a free thinker, even if I don't agree with him. And I was like, girl, just go get a new haircut. Like, do something that really, like, impacts your life. Like, go get a blood facial. What, what the fuck are you talking about? My thing is, you're just proving either one or two things. Either she know he needs to be on meds, she just don't want everybody else to know that, and it's gonna, you know, part of the image. Because did he not cancel the whole last half of his St. Pablo tour, aka Jesus Junkyard Music, because that <laughs> album was trash? I did not like it. You didn't like it. Uh, wolves. <laughs> I was I- like, is he on acid? What the fuck is this? You liked it. You know, there was a, there was a, yeah, yeah, I did, I did. I, there was a few, there was a few tracks I, I did, I did uh, vibe with. If I, I mean? fuck this model and she bleaches her asshole <laughs> and I do something, does that make me an asshole? Yeah, you know, Lyrics it. that will stand <laughs> the test of time. When the world okay. ends, yeah. there will be a boom box, right. LL Cool J's Kangle and a sheet with that lyric on it. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> That is Joe, what he get wrote. out this house. <laughs> that, that is, that is get what, the fuck that out is, this house. That is, that is what he wrote. That is what he spit. Uh, do I agree with it? No. <laughs> but at this at the same time, no. Um, yeah, I think I thought it was some tracks on there. Like, I mean, you have the 30 hours. Like, yeah, I'm out to that. Um, One. <laughs> One. Yeah, you had the waves. And that wa- was because of the court. Right. Hours. And you had the waves. You had waves on there. Waves was pretty solid. Waves made me need a drama me. <laughs> Waves don't. Okay, you know I ain't even gonna tell. I'm not even gonna tell. And now, cause he didn't make me so damn mad, I don't even listen to Streetlights no more by him. I listen to the Daniel Caesar version, cause his is way better and it's unproblematic. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, thank you, someone with some common sense and vocal ability. Yeah, yeah. No, Daniel Caesar's dope too, though. He is. I'm just, Lord. I just don't fuck it up, Daniel. We there's so little left. Like we have no one at this point. Right. But no, I just, I really look at it like with, 
either he trolling the hell out of no i know he trolling the hell out of us to an extent like kanye lives to push buttons and to piss people off like that's his thing but it still doesn't take away that at the same time i'm like i said what i said he needs therapy a per like he even i think two hours ago was saying he wants to put the plastic no it's not funny it's really not he wants to put the plastic surgeon who basically killed his mama on the cover and he asked if that he thinks that will lead to world peace i cannot make this up yeah man does that sound like a free thinker or like somebody (sighs) whose dopamine levels ain't level you know it (laughs) <laughs> it, it's it's def, it sounds it sounds like somebody that um isn't completely stable from a social norm standpoint but um i don't know i mean like at the end of the day i'm like you know forget the personal like however you feel personally whatever your you know opinions are political views like whatever just give me the music you know and so that's 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 kind of that's kind of what i'm paying attention to um, and anticipating, but uh, but yeah, man, like the, I'm I'm not even on Twitter, so I just like will see like the um, in the Twitter like screenshots like on 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 Instagram or like whatever it come come down my timeline, and like I said, it's really a uh, hour by hour like trolling the entire like 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 black community, black Twitter, like whatever, um, and and really dropping bombs on on a day to day basis. But <sighs> I just how did we get here? <laughs> how like i sincere right. i don't think there's nobody i hate more out this whole kanye saga than i do the plastic surgeon that killed his mother <laughs> because i'm like that was a different kanye like yeah, yeah. donda west yeah my god like unresolved grief and this is coming from a, a, a daughter who lost like unresolved grief is a motherfucker like if yeah. you are going through you have got to channel that energy yeah um there's no shame in seeking a therapist right. or, you know, maybe a support group. Right. Maybe even a psychiatrist. Like, it just depends on what, like, what happens. But there definitely are mind-altering thoughts at times that happen. Yeah. But it's just because, truly, your mind, your your brain is an organ. It's trying to process it. Now, right. you exacerbate that by the fact that he is famous as fuck. Right. The fact that he is also, nar- he already suffering from narcissistic personality disorder. And then on top of it, he lost his foundation. Like, he's in a black hole and been falling ever since. He ain't in the sunken place. He's, like, just still falling. Like, Yeah. I mean, like, that. that that's, like, serious, like, mental trauma, you know what I'm saying, that you that you deal with and, and how you choose to, to channel that and whatever outlets you choose to express. You know, I, I always kind of look at, you know, situations where people – do things like there's a reasoning behind like why everybody does something Mm -hmm. and so no matter if we actually find the truth or if we choose to like the truth or not like the truth that's the reasoning that that is happening and so in this situation we may not necessarily you know understand like what the source of some of these um some of these outcries, you know, r- really are, but, it stems from, but yeah. you know, we, we, yeah, we may not necessarily know, but I mean, we can, we can kind of speculate, but at the same time, though, like, man, let me just get this album. No, <laughs> let me see. Let me see what he talked about. You're like, Before you crack completely, are these confirmed release dates right. or is this just something right. that ain't really going to be happening? I can't stand it. <laughs> but no, for real though, it's, it's coming out though. Right. <laughs> 
man. Yeah. I just, ugh. okay. Well, that wraps up. So according to IG, oh yeah, apparently Offset got that girl pregnant. Whatever. Don't even. You can look at me. We ain't talking about it. I don't care. Cardi B ain't going nowhere, no way. So okay. I want to give a shout out to my sponsor, Cavassier VSOP. If you all remember when Busta Rhymes did not have a breast cup size and had dreads and was out here passing it along with Diddy, then let's take it back another notch and enjoy it in the present sense. So the next time that you want to be out here living your best life with your girls or your guys or running through the streets of Chicago or whatever city it is that you are from, make sure that you are doing it with Cavassier. VSOP, passing it responsibly and having a good ass time. And now let's get back to Joy Has Questions. But we will roll right into um, the next segment, spotlight segment, the segment I actually love the most because this is where I really get for my viewers to hear why I think my guest is so fucking dope and why they came on my show in the first place. So you definitely introduced yourself, all the mediums that you use, why your art is so banging. And I just want to know. Number actually, I'm gonna start this off. Why does it, in your opinion, why does it seem like so many black artists love channeling Basquiat? Like that's like the go-to to the point that I'm yeah. kind of like, is that your true style, or you're just trying to do a version of his work? You know, honestly, be straight up. Um, I okay, so I have only I've been practicing only for the last like couple years here. Um, I was not like formally trained. Um, it was just you know something. You weren't. No, no, no. I didn't go to I didn't go to art school. I, oh, you get on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, no. I I went to uh, I went to Western Michigan um, for 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 college, and I was a marketing major. Came out here, you know, work corporate America, and I just knew it was like something more that I needed to do. There was like a greater purpose for me to serve, so I just got to try a bunch of different things, and so eventually end up landing in the creative and art space. And um, that actually started because I was like sketching very on early on. And so as I became like much more familiar um, within the like creative space and just honing in on the craft, I came across like Basquiat. Um, and before I, you know, wasn't so familiar, I think maybe like Jay-Z like had said something uh, about like Basquiat and, and that is kind of like what but, yeah, but as I look more into his story, like, you know, the kid, like, you know, died, like, very early on and was really somewhat of a, a pioneer from a black art, you know, a black youthful art standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was interesting because I actually was just looking up some uh, Basquiat quotes and I actually saw that he, he said, he was like, you know, I'm... Um, I'm not a I'm not a black artist. I'm an artist, right? Yes. And, and like I think something like that, like as far as that ideology, I can definitely identify with. Um, like, don't box me in. You know what I'm saying? Just see my work for what it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, as far as like styles, I think a lot of people will like mimic, you know, his style because when you get into like art history, um, he's gonna be like a prominent figure that you see pretty regularly. Now, is that the style that I choose to rock with? Definitely not. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. But can I appreciate where they, where it came from? Sure. And I and I, I see I do see a lot of people inspired by his work and will you know um, mimic his work or, or whatever. Actually, it, it was interesting. I uh, I came across this artist that I follow on IG that that tried to replicate um, one of his one of his paintings um, that was recently just auctioned off at the Sotheby auction. It sold for hundreds of millions of dollars, like in the last like couple months. And 
you know, you look at you look at some of his work and you'll be like, oh man, I could do that. Or like a third grader could do that. And she took that on and tried to redo that entire painting. And her, you know, caption underneath the photo was talking about how complex the piece really was as far as like some of the broad strokes and it's the more tone. Than the eye. Yeah, yeah, the depth, you know, the layers and things like that. And so I just I thought that was really cool, like to, you know, try to go back and, you know, really take that on and take on that challenge and, and really try to operate in that space. But I think I got I think I went way too long winded on that one. So we're gonna Let go ahead and cut something. it. <laughs> My artistic talent stopped. Yeah. With the three lines. You know how you can make like the little S. Oh the S the S <laughs> Oh that man. is as far as I went. And then when I realized yeah. I think that was a sign for folks, I was like, let me stop. <laughs> yeah. I read books. I'm out here. Right. Sitting here studying for the Iowa test. My right. ass know damn well. I ain't throwing up nobody forks. Like, right. girl, sit down. How did how did that become so popular? Because you know, I'm you like, from I'm from Michigan. You out here in Chicago, but we both out here putting it on our like folders and trapper keepers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I said trapper and keepers. That's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> I could do, and you know what? I would do it because then I could kind of do the box O and then the box yeah. X. So I just had a whole bunch of socks shit yeah. like everywhere. But yeah. that's about it. Yeah. But I think um, you made a really good point. We actually quoting Basquiat in a sense of like, I'm not a black artist, I'm an artist. So. Yeah. Bias is in every industry. Yeah. We see it. It doesn't matter if you're out here trying to be a tulip, you know, hybrid teller, whatever. Um, how do you deal with the bullshit, basically, that you know you sometimes see in the art world in terms of, like, maybe, you know, the come-ups that you see some of your white par- counterparts get? Mm-hmm. And let's keep... I don't know if they're making Basquiat-type work. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm just like, if you're looking at it going... That's kind of simplistic. I know I have a better quality, but mm-hmm. playing in the art world rules. Like, how do you handle that? Man, you know, you, like, the, one thing that I find super interesting about the art world is how unregulated it is mm. in every capacity. And so, like, when when I look at even... Um, like auction houses. Like go into that because I like I completely don't know art. You know. Okay, so like, all right, I'll give you give you an example. Um, so there's this uh, sculptor, um, Jeff Koons. Mm-hmm. Like he makes like these really like dope like balloon type sculptures. They almost look like balloon animals, um, and they're massive. But they're almost like kind of like a um, a statement for the very elite, very wealthy. And so I came across this like. Um, it's Netflix documentary, which they, you know, highlighted that for a, a brief moment. It, oh, it actually was called Blurred Lines on Netflix. I recommend people um, watch that. But he told a, a brief story about how this um, the owner of the Wynn Hotel, Steve Wynn, um, bought a Jeff Kuhn sculpture for like $24 million, right? And two weeks later, put it back on the market for $60 million, and so when you like when you see things like that, you don't really see a whole lot of people that look like me and you that's operating in that space. And so just like any other market or any other industry, you got to have a seat at the table to really have a voice and really have, you know, a impression on how you know how things move, how things shift and to, you know, be able to compete with your white counterparts or even partner and work with your white counterparts, you know, whatever. But you know, I think we are we can be naive um, to the fact that 
you know, those type of things are going on. And so me as a very, as a very early artist in my, in my, you know, early career, I see things like that. And I'm like, oh, there's a, a much bigger picture out here than what just meets the eye. And so, you know, I, I'll like study like art history. I'll study the Basquiat's. I'll, you know, study even, you know, it could be, it could be even the white artists from the Da Vinci's mm-hmm. to the Van Gogh's to whoever. Henry Tanner, Evangel Lesson, <laughs> my fave. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but no, it's, so it's, it's really, it's just really important to just know the game. Like you got to know who the players are um, to, in order to compete. Cause if you don't, you're not even in a, let alone being in the game, you're not even in a building. So, you know, you uh, definitely understand those rules just to be able to break them. Right. And, that you know, I actually I have to correct myself because I said, like, oh, I'm completely unfamiliar with art. That's a lie. Netflix, because you brought it up yourself, they had a two seasons of a show called Raiders of the Lost Art in which they went through, like, um, Fabergé eggs, Van Gogh's work, uh, Leonardo Vermeer, like all mm. of these like classic artists. And the one thing that I saw, like, don't get me wrong, these were classic art pieces. Like, yeah. I see why they have stood the test of time and why now the artists, even if they weren't famous in the moment, have been like basically immortalized. But in all these two seasons, I saw nothing of a black artist. And right. I'm like, I know for a fact whether it was Benin or Mali or Kush or Ghana or anywhere, that there was art coming from Absolutely. our world. Like, we created. Like, hello. So I just, that's what kind of started to to create that question is just a sense of like, well, clearly there's a bias here because all right. the masters are white. But I'm just like, I see nothing, you know, in regards to our community and what we're doing in the art world. And I know for a fact we are doing things. So I right. wanted to, to get your take on that. Um, but yesterday... You had a bomb ass event. Yeah, I'm not gonna feel away that I wasn't invited, nor that I didn't pay a ticket because I was being cheap. So we gonna leave that alone. <clears throat> but you had a bomb <laughs> event. Shots fired, everybody. Get low, get low, get low. Pew, pew. <laughs> not like big guns, just more like a pew. Okay. Um, but no. So what? Clearly, it wasn't your first event. So yeah. how is it that you get over the anxiety to really jump off the cliff and to do, you know, go for? you know, your passion as well as your paycheck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you got to take L's, man. <laughs> like, straight up. <laughs> Lowercase and capital, because I yeah. think we've taken them both. Yeah, like, you know, no, it, so it was not my first my first showing. Um, that was, all right, so, uh, yes, it was a really, it was a really good, really good show. It was called uh, Art Money. Um, it was curated by my man um, Ace the Painter, uh, or Aston. And um, oh, the guy you were with in the picture, I saw yeah, him. yep, okay. yeah. And so, you know, it was really like the whole premise of the show was, you know, to really buy art. And I, that sound that sounds so simple, but uh, one of the things that I, I find often is like a lot of events, you know, will happen, and these shows will be like curated, and you'll you'll have like artists come in, and it's like you're almost sprinkling art on top of the event experience or the ambiance. Mm-hmm. And it's really good to look at. It's really nice to see and things like that. But you're not, like, sometimes, you know, curators may not necessarily be pushing the agenda of, hey, buy this art. And you have to set the stage for that. And so the whole idea behind the show is, 
or behind the art money um, showing was, hey, buy, you know, buy, buy the art. Let's let's go ahead and get some of this um, back into our own communities and, and things like that. So, yeah, I was like one, one of like five artists um, that were there. Um, had a great turnout. Um, I sold a few pieces. Um, you know, yes. yeah, I know, right? Shout out to that, man. Shout out to all the people like that. This line that... will stay crisp for <laughs> another six months, okay? <laughs> right, 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 man. But um, but yeah, so you know, I, I've I've definitely done shows where I haven't sold anything. I've done multiple shows in a row where I haven't sold anything, and so I, it's just one of those situations that. As you go through those experiences, you learn. You learn what works, you know, what doesn't work, okay? Does this fit with the pathway that I'm currently going on? Will the market that I'm serving be represented here? Mm-hmm. How do I speak, you know, to this to this particular market? And do I have the type of product, you know, that this market will want to will want to invest in and so you kind of the process yeah you kind of read all of that so like i have started to be able to know how to adequately prepare you know for some of those showings and if that's going to be in the actual presentation of how the work is presented if it's going to be in the subject matter that i'm choosing present if it's even the size of canvases that i'm bringing to show um, it is all going to fit with the aesthetic that we're going with for that show. And so every show isn't the same. Every gallery feature isn't the same. Um, and so to ask the right questions on the front end will definitely help you be able to prepare. Okay. That's that. <laughs> prepare. Keyword. <laughs> Not just be like, you know what? Let me see what Hebrew Brantley did. I'm going to just take that exact yeah. like moment by moment and right. then just carve my career from him. That's not how that works. You yeah. have to figure out what works best for you. Right. Um, I must say, I think you are doing an amazing job of that. Hey. Um, I haven't seen you in any like IG scandals. <laughs> you keeping your soul swipe and, and Tinder accounts low. That's Man, always I great. actually don't, I don't have those. <laughs> that, that's kind of, it gets kind of Congratulations. Messy. <laughs> yeah, nah. Congratulations. Thank You're you. still one of the last two people on this planet that are just like, you know what? Let's, speak <laughs> right. to one another yeah. before we actually like put a whole Valencia photo yeah. album like Valencia <laughs> shout out to the filter <laughs> I'll tell you something yeah, uh, Claritin that- will save your life I don't know why everybody right? want to look like they got scurvy with that damn Valencia filter it's not even the best one <laughs> yo it's it's funny man um no I actually I had a tender for a hot second hot like the minute was so hot um <laughs> but um but no it got it got really weird when i started seeing like i started seeing like coworkers and things like that on there i was like i was like yeah let me just uh shut this down this can't be good for the brand so. i wouldn't get on tinder if jesus said to do it in all his deep condition bob glory ain't <laughs> no way in yeah. hell yeah, so, man. shout out to you for reading books, <laughs> drinking water, building your career. Um, and it's been an absolute honor to have you on the show. I'm no, so man. happy that you yeah. got to come on. I thought I was your first podcast yeah, interview. Man. See, yep. I wasn't too vicious. I'm nah. not Wendy Williams. Nah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not, not at all. Far from it. Far from it. Man. That big, big, big facts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, so, now moving into my motivational moment. Um, had an amazing week. I hope everyone did too. I just want to keep this super short and to the point. Um, I don't know why I was thinking about Eric Garner's daughter like today, but I was. And so what it made me think about is how young 
this woman died, you know, and obviously she, she low key died from a broken heart dealing with all the stress that she had to take on, you know, fighting, being an activist, you know, against police brutality, but she died. And I believe reports that she had the heart of, or basically like the heart issues of like a 60 year old, you know, and I was thinking about how like stress is killing us in our community. Um, you know, six piece fried hard with lemon pepper is killing us. Mm. Um, but I mean, I know, I know. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Christ, we get so little. Must we give up chicken too? (laughs) Like, I just, can we please? Um, but even outside of that, I just, I thought of another big killer or another cause of death that we never really talk about. And that's regret. Regret will take a lot of people out. And it's, it's, just as slow it's it's not as fast as cancer you know it's not the same as like eating a bunch of quarter pounders with cheese all goddamn day but regret not only kills dreams but what i have seen in the examples that i've seen what happens if you if you have a dream it's literally langston hughes a dream deferred you know and you see how that matures and how that makes people and how they'll either fold into themselves or they'll live a life of mediocrity or They'll lash out at others maybe if they see them doing something that they, you know, didn't get the opportunity to do or didn't necessarily have the strength to do. And so my encouragement for everyone is don't let regret be what is your cause of death. Because another crazy thing that I actually saw, every year we pass our death date. We just don't know what it is, you know. But there are 365 days in a year and we gonna die on one of them. So don't let your legacy or when you do leave, even if you don't know it, don't let it be with your mind swirling and just having thoughts of everything that you wanted to do, you know? And even if, you know, as imperfect humans, we can't accomplish everything on our list, but let that list have way more check marks than question marks. Because in the process of marching slowly closer and closer to the grave the fact that the matter is we can do that happy because we're living in our passion or our destiny or we can do it dragging our feet and being really fucking pissed at everyone around us because we're not living in our passion um hell i could die tomorrow but i'm happy and i want everyone else to feel that way too so um i hope everyone has an amazing monday um and rest of the week uh i hope everyone drinks tons of water um, cause apparently black people, we ain't doing that too. Um, and yeah, let's, let's do this again next week. Um, catch me. Joy has questions and I can't wait to see you guys. Love you. Bye.